0: Welcome to the Ark Church Podcast. On here, you'll find all of our Sunday and Wednesday messages, as well as classes and special services. If you would like more information about the Ark Church, visit us at thearcchurch.com or download our app, available to all app stores. Our heart for you is that you would live for God, grow stronger, and make a difference. Enjoy. I think I'm about to wrap this, this one up on, the, on God's prescription for an abundant life. We did some scriptures out of Proverbs. They talked about what I called the knots. It said do not. There's a lot of knots. Do not. And this is the the last knot we're going to talk about. Proverbs 3, 7 and 8. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Man, that's a good promise right there. It It said it will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. So let's talk a little bit about that. Do not be wise in your own eyes. What does that even mean? Do not be wise in your own eyes. It it really is, it's another way of talking about humility. Humility. Humility is a topic that when you bring it up, not everyone gets excited about it. But it's a good topic. And uh, it's an extremely helpful topic. Humility means biblical humility is not a low opinion of yourself, but a higher opinion of God and his wisdom. It's not a low opinion of yourself. Humility is not walking around like someone slapped you. It's not, ever seen a dog, I hate, I hate to see this with dog. I like dogs. And I, ever seen a dog that you could tell somebody has beaten the dog? And when you call them, they just like, they, they grovel to you on, on their, I, no one ever likes seeing that. And we don't like seeing it with dogs. And we certainly have a Heavenly Father who's not like that. That's not, that's not what the Bible's talking about when it's talking about humility. Humility is—you can have a strong sense of who you are and a strong sense of self, and yet be a very humble person. In fact, one of the, they said that Moses was one of the most humble men in the whole Bible. He was amazing, and he was quite a leader, led millions of people. And so, humility is not so much I think low of myself; it's I think higher of God. I think higher of God's wisdom. And so, I just don't think he said so. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Now. One of the things about biblical humility says, biblical, biblical humility says, I am, I am not all that smart. Now, sometimes that's hard for people to grasp. They say, well, Alan, I have an IQ of whatever. That doesn't mean you're wise. But you can, you can have a high IQ, and, and, and it doesn't, doesn't mean you have wisdom. You know, they've, they've actually done... They've actually done studies. Having a high IQ does not necessarily equate to success. You actually have to learn to work with people. But there's a great scripture in the Bible. I saw it a long time ago. And I just remembered it for years. It's in first, it's not not on the screen, 1 Corinthians 4, 7. And Paul was writing to the Corinthian church. They had gotten divided. And they were all divided about, one said, they had, one group identified with Paul, another group identified with, with Apollos, another group identified with Peter. And so they were all splitting off. And, and Paul, when he wrote them, he said, who caused you to differ from one another? And then he says this, and what do you have that you didn't receive? And if you received it, why do you act as if you didn't receive it? Paul had a lot of humility. He was a bold man, strong man. But he also understood where his power came from. And he also understood that without the Lord, he wasn't going to be anything. And we have to understand that without God, what do we have that we didn't receive? Say, well, did you choose being born in, here in America? If You're here. See, we're real blessed. But we forget, to, we forget to be thankful that a lot of the gifts and talents that you think you're so amazing in, who gave those to you? Like I said, biblical humility is a big topic, and uh, but it, it'll it'll really help you to take the attitude that you can always learn. There was a, a a man who was a considered the father of of judo, Japanese judo, which is the martial arts that deals more with throwing and and. Uh, not as much striking as it is throwing, but he was a many-time black belt. But he said that when he died, he wanted to be buried in his, his what is it, is it a, what do you call it, Gee, gee, A gi, His gee. he wanted to be buried in a white belt. And he said he wanted to be buried in a white belt because he said he's always learning. And that attitude of I'm always learning is a good attitude to have. It, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a biblical attitude of hu- humility. And then here's the next one. You'll love this one. Um, am I teachable? That was a question. <laughs> <laughs> a, am, am I teachable? Am, and, and here's the thing. A, a, can someone correct me? I'm not going to, I'm not going to, listen, I don't do any counseling here. You know that, don't you? <laughs> I'm not going to call you out. <laughs> I can make you stand up. I'm not going to correct anybody. But actually, sometimes on Wednesday nights, if you'll notice, I don't ever, I, I get into areas and it brings correction. And I know some of you are like, yeah, well, I don't like to come on Wednesday nights. Well, I'm, I'm, <laughs> But here's, here's the thing. We, we read this today. Actually, if you're, if you're reading the Proverbs, in, not in your notes, but. If you read the Proverbs today, there's, there's a proverb that says Proverb 9, verse 8. And it says this It said, Do not correct a scoffer lest he hate you. Rebuke a wise man, and he will love you. A scoffer is someone who a scoffer is someone who they they mock, they disdain. You correct someone like that, they're not going to like you. So they're going to hate you. If you, if you rebuke a wise person, they, they, they love you for it.
1: Amen. <laughs> that, that, was,
0: that was a great time for you all to go, yes, amen, Alan. <laughs> I am so glad. I, I love to be rebuked. <laughs> One of my favorite things in life. No, I... I Listen, the idea is how many, how many of us realize is you can learn from experience, but you can also learn from someone else's experience. And actually, I'd rather learn from someone else's experience because learning from experience can be painful and learning from someone else is someone that would correct you. And, and, and I'm not saying <laughs> we need to start running around in here rebuking everybody. I tell you what, I've I, I got some rebukes for people. No, no, you're just the person that does not need to be rebuking anybody. <laughs> but, it, but there is the idea of being able to accept correction. And over the years, I can't tell you, uh, staff people and folks we have dealt with, man, you cannot say we're good as long as everything is good, but you, you offer correction and... Whew, it, it gets rough, and uh, and yet, that's a real sign of, of biblical humility. I got called I got called on the carpet a few times when I was at Lakewood. I was a volunteer, and I got called on the carpet, and uh, I had invited this couple to speak at one of my classes. I get a phone call from Pastor Osteen. He's like, Alan, do you invite this couple? I said, Yes, sir. He said, Why? I, I said. Uh, Thought it'd be a good idea. He said, "Alan, I, I don't, want them speaking there." I said, "I am so sorry, Pastor." I said, "I'll call and, uh, I'll, I'll call them and cancel it." He said, "No, no." He said, uh, "Don't do that. Just go ahead and do it anyway." Next time, check with me. I said, "Yes." Sir. That was a correction. I didn't go. <laughs> I'm a volunteer. I'll tell you what, I volunteer. No one pays me for this. I do it for free. I do it. I get a dime. I do it for free. I was a volunteer for 15 years. I understand what it's like to be a volunteer. And, uh, you know, it's bless God, volunteers can quit anytime I want. I just quit. (laughs) Now, here's, here's, here's here's another thing while we're on this subject. Don't, remember what remember we said, that do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your body and strength to your bones. So I'm trying to help you be healthy. I'm trying to make your bones strong. Health and strength. We've got to believe this, right? This is scripture. But you do you do know that the Lord will correct you? And somebody, well, I'll take it from the Lord. I ain't going to take it from anyone else. You've never been married then, I guess. <laughs> people, people ask me, who are you accountable to? I said, Do you ever met my wife? <laughs> but here's the, here's the thing. The Lord will correct us. But we have to understand that his correction, and, and really anyone who loves us and is correcting us, is not trying to hurt us. They are trying to help us. I I have a, I was telling a group the other day, I have a secret, uh, Joy and I have a secret thing. I actually like watching the American Idol auditions. I have to tape them or record them because there's a gazillion commercials and I blow through those. But I like like watching that. I like watching how people receive correction. And they actually have gotten nicer. They used to be kind of mean, you know. But I was, I've always been amazed at the people who think they can sing. <laughs> and their parents who are like, oh, my baby can sing. Every time my baby sings, I cry. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. I feel you on that one, Mom. I just I'm crying too, that's horrible. <laughs> and, you know, our, our family, I, I feel for all the 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 two young ladies and the young man that married into our family, because our our family's big on correction. <laughs> you got two preachers, same family. I mean, Lord knows you're gonna get corrected.
1: <laughs>
0: but when we looked at our children and went, Don't sing. It wasn't because we didn't love them or we were trying to squash their dream. It's because that ain't your gift. (laughs) And I'm trying to help you not be stupid. (laughs) and And the Lord's kinder than we are. But how many, of you, how many of you parents know that if you never correct your kids, oh, I, I, know you, I know you don't know this, but you've been around people who never corrected their kids. And you're like, mm, those kids, mm, if they were my kids, mm, mm, mm. There's something in us that knows that. But there's something in us that that if we'll understand that when the Lord corrects us it's not to hurt us it's not to push down it's to help us grow Amen. it's to help us change. when I was at Lakewood um, Lakewood Church, I was teaching in a Bible class and they brought in an individual who was going to head up the, the teachers and this individual was younger than, than I was and I, and they came in, they kind of had a little bit of i am I'm-the-boss attitude, which chapped me a little bit because I'm a volunteer. <laughs> I'm not getting paid for this. But, and this individual would say, I need everyone here to do this. I need to, at this time, we're going to film, we're going to do this. And I'd raise my hand and go, um, I'm not going to be able to make that. I'll, I'll call... I'll call Joel and we'll, we'll set up another time. This is when Joel used to run their television part. Not Joel, big now. This was when he was more my size. And anyway, I, could, uh, <laughs> I said, I'll call Joel, I'll come in. And, and a lot of times I, I'd say that, you know, this individual would say, do this, and I'd do something else, and do this, and I'd do something else. And uh, <laughs> if they said left, I went right. And because uh, I just, I kind of copped an attitude. I know this is hard to believe. But work with me. I know none of you guys have ever just, I mean, I, I, I just finally, I, I copped an attitude. And I, I remember I was, I was just minding my own business, worshiping the Lord one time. Just in church, worshiping the Lord. Just trying to be happy. Trying to love the Lord. And he corrects me. And he spoke to my heart, didn't hear a voice, spoke to my heart. Instead said, if Lakewood Church has put this individual over you, that you need to do what they say. And I realized that was, that was, in effect, that was a rebuke. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because it, it, as, as, as soon as I picked it up, I went, that's nah, the Lord.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: and, so I, and so I went to the individual and I apologized. And then whenever that individual would say, hey, we all need to be here at a certain time and do this, I'd be the first one to go. Okay, I'll see you there. Now, you say, why are you even telling me this now? Because not just a few months after that, the Lord put it on our heart to start the church. And here's the thing. If I hadn't passed that test, I wouldn't be here. Does that make sense? And so when a, a wise man, when you get corrected by the Lord, you ought to go, thank you. Thank you. If you've got someone in your life who loves you and cares about you and can be honest with you and give you godly correction, thank God for them. It, it takes some humility. You will have to swallow a boatload of pride because I don't think anyone's just love to be corrected. But there's real wisdom there. Solomon was someone who had a lot of wisdom, a lot of humility. I want to read just what, what Solomon did. Solomon was... He remembers he, he was David's uh, son with David and Bathsheba. And Solomon became king after David died. And Solomon, I said said he loved the Lord. And uh, he, he could have been an arrogant individual. Think about it. Solomon, what we understand, he was the only child of Bathsheba. And he was a king's son. And he was wealthy. If ever a young man could grow up with a sense of entitlement and a sense of his own importance, and I bet his mom was telling him early on, darling, God's called you to be king. Well, if you don't handle that right, you're going to wind up with a very arrogant kid. In fact, Solomon had an arrogant kid. His name was Rehoboam. Y'all read what he did. But Solomon somehow... Had developed a, a sense of humility here's Alan's theory this is not in the Bible this is Alan's theory <laughs> Alan's theory is that that David and Bathsheba told them the story about how they got together you do know that story and David and Bathsheba probably installed in Solomon that it was the mercy and grace of God that Solomon was going to be king. Realize that, Dave, remember David and Bathsheba, he, he had an affair with Bathsheba. Then he had her husband killed. This is not a good start. And then the first child died. And then they had the second child, and that was Solomon. And Solomon became king. Do you realize the mercy and grace of God to overlook that situation? And I will bet you that Solomon, when they installed in him Son, you need to be grateful that you are where you are because God has been gracious to you. If we believe that God has been gracious to us and that God has put us where we are and helped us and maybe given us the talents and and skills, you say, well, I developed my talents and skills. You had to have something to develop. And where do you think it came from? It's he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. This is what we have to understand. What do we have that we didn't receive? See, so be, being a pastor is not something I earned. It was a grace gift that I did not earn. You hear? And if we understand what God has done for us by his grace, it makes it a lot easier to be humble. Because where would we be without his grace? And so it, it just makes it like, Lord, I want, oh, I want to thank you. Thank you for your mercy and grace in my life. And Solomon somehow got that message. Because when he went up to to a place called Gibeon, and the Bible said he offered a thousand burnt offerings to God. You don't offer a thousand burnt offerings to God unless you believe God's real and that he's good to you. And Solomon did that. Let's see what happens here. The Lord appeared to Solomon and said, Lord... Gave, appeared to him in a dream and said, Ask, what shall I give you? Hello. Blank check. He said, Now, O Lord, my God, you have made your servant king instead of my father David, but I'm a little child. I do not know how to go out or come in, and your servant is in the midst of your people, whom you have chosen, the great people too numerous to be numbered or counted. Therefore, give your, to your servant an understanding heart to judge your people. That I may discern between good and evil for who was able to judge this great people of yours. Solomon recognized that more than anything else, he needed God's wisdom. Do not be wise in your own eyes. We need God's wisdom. We need God's wisdom in all areas of our life. And in all areas of our life, listen, we're, we're always going to be learning. We're never going to reach the place where you go, I got it. I'm good, I got it, got all I need. No, no, we can always take another step. We can always learn a bit more. We can always become more Christ-like. We're always, that's the thing, I, man, that's one of the things I love about having a relationship with the Lord. You don't have to stop growing. You don't have to stop learning. You don't have to stop developing. You can be more next year than you are this year. You can be stronger next year than you are this year. What a wonderful thing we have. It is wonderful. We can grow. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. A, we have to be willing to grow, and B, we have to be willing to make adjustments. Amen. We have to be willing to change. Just say, Lord, I'm willing to change. And Solomon, Solomon was so smart. Solomon said, man, you've made me head over a lot. He said, well, here's what I need more than anything else. God, I need wisdom. God, I need wisdom. Do we need wisdom? Oh, my goodness, do we need wisdom? We need wisdom in our relationships. We need wisdom in our families. We need wisdom in all, on the jobs. We need wisdom. I need wisdom as a pastor. We all need wisdom. <laughs> And Solomon said, Lord, I, I need your wisdom. I, I, I need wisdom. And, and, and the Bible said, and that really blessed God. And look what he had said, said, that God said to him next in 1 Kings 10, put the next one up. The speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. Then God said to him, because you've asked this thing and not asked long life for yourself, nor have you asked riches for yourself, nor have you asked the life of your enemies, but you've asked for yourself understanding to discern justice. Behold, I've done according to your words. See, I've given you a wise and understanding heart so that there has not been anyone like before you nor shall shall any like you arise after you. And I've also given you what you've not asked, both riches and honor, so there shall not be anyone like you among the kings all your days. (laughs) Hello. He said, Lord, I need wisdom. Lord said, I'm glad you asked that. Some will give it to you. He said, I'm going to give you what you didn't ask. Gave him riches and honor. He said, ah, that was it. That was it. That's what took him down. He got too rich. It was not riches that took Solomon down. 1 Kings 11 said that Solomon loved many women. Many women. Many foreign women that the Lord said don't intermarry with because they will turn your hearts he had seven hundred wives and three hundred concubines, which is sort of a wife. You can figure it out. That's a thousand women. Who needs a thousand women? I don't care how bad you think you are, you don't need a thousand women. Great day in the morning. And the Bible said that when he got old, they turned his heart. And he, and he started setting up idols for his wives. Solomon, I, we used to worship, cheer off. Can we have an idol to cheer off? Just a little one we put up over here. Solomon's like, okay, baby. Put up idols all over the place. And the, and the Bible said it displeased him because God had given him wisdom and had given him riches and had blessed him. It wasn't the riches that turned his heart, it was the people involved in his life that had turned your heart. That's why we need wisdom in our relationships and wisdom with the people that we're around, or they will turn your hearts and your kids. You have to watch your kids because the people that they hang out with can turn their hearts. And so this is area that we watch. And we need wisdom. And it takes humility sometimes to go, Lord, I thought my way was right, but if, you're, if you say this is your way... Listen, guys, we are constantly making adjustments. It's all through life. If I'm, if I'm going to drive to Dallas, I just don't lock the steering wheel on 45. Are <laughs> you going to wind up in a ditch? Yeah. You make adjustments. You make changes. And it takes humility to be able to do that. Don't be wise in your own eyes. If you can find scripture for it... <laughs> I had some... <laughs> I had four young people come down here one, one Sunday, down in the front, trying to be nice, just trying to be a pastor. I had four young people come down and rebuke me. First-time guest, rebuke me. If you're a first-time guest, would you wait a couple times before you come down and, 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 and rebuke me? But they, they rebuked me. They didn't bring a Bible, had no scripture. They rebuked me because I'd said something in the message that went crosswise with their tradition. And so they trooped down and to correct me on where I was wrong. That's, that's not what we're talking about here. Did you say, did you receive that rebuke? No. I prayed for them and blessed their hearts. They probably just walked out going, did he just bless our hearts? Yeah, he just blessed your heart. (laughs) Anybody standing by would go, ha, he just blessed their hearts. (laughs) I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about someone who who can walk beside you or maybe someone that God's put over you that can speak into your life and to help you. And if it's a godly rebuke or correction, it will help. And we have to have the humility to receive it. Solomon said, Lord, I need wisdom more than anything else. God, would you give me wisdom? And God gave him wisdom. If we'll pursue that, God will give us that. If we'll pursue his wisdom. But we can't be wise in our own eyes. The Bible said, fear the Lord and depart from evil. I won't have a chance to go into that tonight, but in Psalms 34, it says, come children, listen to me, and I'll teach you the fear of the Lord. Who's the man that loves life and desires many days that he may see good? Refrain your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil and do good, seek peace and pursue it. Real quickly, in and, and the fear of the Lord, which is a huge subject, but the fear of the Lord, it shows up in our actions and in our walk. So we're not going to be wise in our own eyes. We're going to fear the Lord and we're going to depart from evil. When it talks about departing from evil, two areas your talk and your walk, the words that come out of your mouth, they, they need to line up. No, no speaking evil, which will be slander. And actually, it goes into even other things like sadness, misery, and really speaking contrary to what God says. And then deceit, lying, and and deception. Don't speak that way. And then it said, depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Say, well, I've heard people say, well, yeah, you know, living the Christian life, there's no fun in that. I, I I totally disagree. I totally disagree. I've lived on both sides of the fence. I'm telling you that what's on this side of the fence, following the Lord, looking to, to, uh, looking to, to walk in his ways, is, is a lot more satisfying. Fun is so temporary. Because It's fine, but there's a difference between being satisfied and have a sense that you're on the right track and have a sense of purpose and then just simply trying to live for fun. I have no problem with living fun, but I'd rather live satisfied. I'd rather live with a sense of purpose. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. We're all learning to do that. There are things in life we just have to go, nope, nope. There's words we just have to go, no, i not going to say that. No. What are we doing? Out of respect for him. Out of a love for him. Out of a, God, I love you, I appreciate you. I think it, it works right in that not being wise in your own eyes. Like, Lord, where would I be without you? Where would I be? What would I have to look forward to? You Sing that song. I like that new song, Justin. That's a good one. The promise of heaven is waiting for me. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. There's a hope we have. There's a hope beyond this life. It's a good life. It's a good way to go. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Be willing to be corrected. Be willing just to to say, Lord, help me in this humility. You know, the Bible said that God gives grace to the humble. He resists the proud. He gives grace to the humble. I want to be on the side, I don't want to get resisted. I want to be on the receiving side. I need grace. I need lots of grace. And if we need grace, we have to be willing to say, Lord, I'm willing to change, willing to adapt, willing to make adjustments, and I'm going to walk out of respect and honor for you. I don't fear the Lord because I'm afraid he's going to punish me. I'm not, I'm not, I don't fear the Lord because I, I think he's going to abandon me or reject me. I have a, a respect for the Lord because he's been so good to me. So good. So, is. If you're here tonight and you said, "You know what, Alan? I don't even have a relationship with the Lord," and I know that, and He knows that, I want that to change. Or maybe you're not sure. You say, "I, you know, I, I thought I have a relationship. But I'm not quite sure. I want to be sure." Maybe you're here and you're, you're listening to me, or you're watching online. And you say, "You know what, Alan? I, 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 I used to walk with the Lord, and I got in the way. It just I didn't mean to, but I wound up there. But I want to come back." Well, that. Great news is, (laughs) he is so wanting you to come by. He is so wanting to have a relationship with you. You're valuable to him. We're going to say a prayer. We're not going to have you stand up or come to the front. But sitting where you are watching online, this is your opportunity to make that connection with him that will last for an eternity. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. I am going to ask you to do one thing. If that's you I'm talking to, you say, Alan, I know I need to receive the Lord or I know I need to come back to him. Would you pray for me? Real quickly, slip your hand up. Just across the auditorium. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate your honesty. It takes, you know, it takes humility to do that. Thank you for that. Thank you. Anybody else? Great. You put your hands down. We're going to pray. Maybe you didn't lift your hand. You're, you're kind of kicking yourself right now going, I, I should have lifted my hand. You can pray this prayer from your heart. This is a heart prayer. We're going to pray it with you as a church family. If you're watching online and you're by yourself, pray it out loud so you can hear yourself pray it. If you're with other people, pray it quietly. If you're here, we're going to pray it out loud together. Say, dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I said yes to you. Now the heads are still bowed and eyes are closed. Heavenly Father, thank you for those that prayed that prayer. Thank you for those who've stepped out of darkness into your marvelous light. For those who've come back home, we rejoice with them. And, Father, for those who are watching online, those who are here tonight, thank you for your wisdom and your grace. Thank you for helping us. As you correct us, we love you for your correction because it's making us better and making us able to honor you in a greater way. We thank you for that. We give you all the praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope this message has blessed you. We have services every single Sunday at 9 and 1030 and Wednesday nights at 7. We'd love to see you here. Have a great week.